0: Cracking Copy is a year old. Hurrah! We have learned so much in the past year that we wanted to dedicate this episode to Minnie and I interviewing each other about our big learns and takeaways from this past year on Cracking Copy. If you think you might like to dip your toe into the world of podcasting and are interested in our learnings, then please keep listening. Cracking Copy
1: is a marketing and copywriting podcast where we lift the lid on writing for business and read between the lines of effective
0: copy. This is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and savvy business owners like you who understand the value that great copy can bring to their bottom line.
1: We dive into a different aspect of writing for business in each episode, debunk the myths about how we should write and explore the ways that writing can be fun, conversational and creative while also
0: being high-impact for serious results. So listen, laugh and learn with us, Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride, as we share our words and wisdom in each snack-sized episode. Expect some light bulb moments, interesting guests and practical takeaways as we crack the copy code together.
1: Welcome to Cracking Copy. So as Ella just said, today is just us me, Minnie and Ella. And we can't quite believe that it's been a year since we started our podcast. And it's been really fantastic to look back and see how much we've achieved. So we thought we would dedicate a whole episode to, you know, really highlight our learnings or discuss our learnings. And if you're interested in starting a podcast yourself, you know, this could be mightily useful.
0: So do you think you have a podcast in you? (laughs) (laughs) that was a question that well I never even asked myself I didn't think we would have a podcast I didn't even think about a podcast but we'll come on to that because when the first when the two of us first started collaborating it was by doing Instagram lives and I think I was just a way of us putting ourselves out there and getting brave on camera and we've been doing this for about a couple of months hadn't we
1: yeah. It was about and you that. were doing a
0: writing course at the time. And I think it was you that first mooted the idea of, of jumping on a podcast course.
1: Yeah, no, I was doing this course and then one of the uh one of the in my cohort, there was um this woman called Esprit Devora, who actually is now, you know, one of LinkedIn's podcast network. So she's done phenomenally well, and she just decided that she was going to do a one-off beginners course and um, it was a live cohort,
0: and it wasn't very expensive, so we both did it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, on a, on a whim, we just thought, well, why not? Why the hell not? It sounds quite exciting, and it happened to be, I think it was the best thing that happened to me in that whole year, last year, you know, in terms of courses, it was brilliant. She is amazing. She just had so much, Esprit had so much knowledge to share and give, and she's she had 200 of her own podcast shows under her belt, I think. And yeah. she just wanted to, you know, pay it forward. So the co- the course cost next to nothing. And, and it was a really nice, lively community. It was really difficult because um, everything was recorded live. Well, everything was live. And it was based in America, different time zone. And nothing was recorded. There were no replays, no nothing. you either showed up, did it, or, or missed well, out. Um, so it was was really hard so I think between us and this is two of us doing it thinking well I might like to start a podcast we probably got you know 25 to 30 percent of the value of the whole course but it was enough it was enough to give us that spark and get us started wasn't it yeah it was nuts and she did
1: invite a whole load of really fantastic speakers as well yeah um, and got loads of deals for us didn't she like we can try this for free and that for free and yeah, it was, really, it was a really good course. So we did decide after that that we did have a podcast in us and a marketing and copywriting podcast uh, with really a focus on, on the writing side. And I suppose there were three things that we thought it would do for us. You know, it's a kind of a different way for us to speak to our customer base and increase our profiles. And it provides a fantastic value-packed listen, hopefully, for you guys, giving... Lots of hints and tips for people who just want to be able to write better for their businesses. And then finally, this is kind of more personal, really. It allows us really to dive deeper into different topics. And in the
0: process, we are, you know, learning more ourselves. Yeah. They say, um, you know, teachers are are the best students. Really, If you can teach on a topic, if you can talk about a topic, then you have to understand it greatly yourself to be able to explain that. The other thing I think that um, has been really good is the realisation that we don't have to be experts in all things. We don't have to be experts in our subject matter. We can learn as we go. And I think the thing about having a podcast is, and an interview style one like we do, we can invite guests on we can invite experts in different fields to help fill in the blanks for our audience so where we don't have that knowledge and experience to share uh, we can invite a guest on who does and by just by asking them questions and opening those doors we can you know curate that content and share those tips with our audience so it's really valuable yeah that is
1: it's been brilliant hasn't we met some fantastic people and great guests and I suppose we've tried to, to do two episodes a month and we do do everything ourselves. So we don't outsource anything because a lot of podcasters will outsource the tech, but we don't. We've completely bootstrapped it, minimum investment. What are the main things that we've learned? So Ella, you, do you want to kick off with your yeah,
0: first we may- learn? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think having a podcast in many ways, is a kinder way of marketing yourself and talking about what you do and who you help and and demonstrating that through through each episode. And by kinder, I think I mean lower stress. Audio is less intimidating than video for me. And I get frustrated with sort of content-hungry social media platforms sometimes, you know, go to all the effort of planning and preparing posts. Um, with potentially, you know, with a mixed return on investment and sometimes a kind of low return on investment, you know, that carousel or that reel or that caption that I've just spent hours laboring over <laughs> may or may not got, get seen because you're at the mercy of, of the algorithms. And the other thing I think for me about podcasts, the beauty of it is that the talking comes more naturally to me than most other forms of communication so even though we do spend some time planning and mapping out our podcast in advance, it seems easier than, say, writing a blog post sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, although I'm going to come to a little story later that kind of says that actually it doesn't really come that naturally to me. Right. <laughs> I think my probably biggest, biggest learn is that we've become accidental experts because we've done it all ourselves You know, we've gained a wealth of knowledge about the industry, about the tech and really the potential because it's such an exciting and growing industry and particularly business podcasts like this one are really on the rise. So I think that for me is that we have just come really quite knowledgeable
0: about podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a very positive side effect of bootstrapping. Our podcast and doing it on a low budget, and um, where we've had to roll up our sleeves and we've had to get involved in every single aspect of production, editing, all the rest of it. And now we've got these really valuable skills that we can share, or we could, you know, even sell. So that's brilliant. Yeah. So you know, if you look at what we do
1: know, we know how to start a podcast. We know how you can do it for very little money, but we also know how you can improve it with a bigger budget. We know how and when to record it, how to edit it. We know all the tech, the hardware, software. <laughs> and now we know you know we've got the knowledge now to grow and monetize our, the pod, you know the podcast and that's kind of that's our next sort of plan for us but you know we've we've gained all of that knowledge which is brilliant
0: yeah in a relatively short window i think of that last 12 months another learning for me something that i really um really enjoy is the interaction of podcast interviews there's a social aspect of it especially like us, we have an interview style show. Not everybody does, some, uh, some do solo shows, but I really like the fact that having a podcast has opened up doors to more conversations with more interesting people. It's like, you know, if you own, I say this in inverted commas, if you own your own podcast platform, you have your own soapbox. It's like a, a digital mm-hmm. soapbox. <laughs> and as a result, I think you become a bit more sought after. There's huge demand. People want to be on podcasts, and not everybody does know how to make their own. So there's a huge demand from guests who want to appear on other people's podcasts, and so I think we get more pitches now than we did in the beginning. And and people want to be talked to us um, because they know there's a platform there for them—a publicity platform. So we have something valuable to offer in return, and we can also invite our dream guests onto the show. And I feel a lot bolder about making approaches to people, knowing that. I have a podcast knowing that I have something valuable to offer them in return for them giving me a valuable insights into their business or their world so I feel much more confident in them. what other
1: learnings have we got well, so yeah so I think I'm going to big you up here so having a co-host I think has been really brilliant and it's a really positive learn and yeah, you can start a podcast on your own. Um, of course you can. But I think the collaboration aspect, you know, you can halve the work involved, but at the same time, you you can double your knowledge because there's two of you doing it and you can learn from each other. And I think that's been really brilliant. And I think, you know, statistically, most podcasts do fizzle out after about 12 episodes. But if there's two of you, you've, you've got an accountability partner. And so more than anything, you don't want to let them down. I don't want to suddenly go, oh, I can't, I can't be, oh, I haven't got the time, I haven't got the time. I don't want to, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to drop it. So we buoy each other up, and um, we brainstorm together, and it, it's a lot of fun. You know, so you know, we have a lot of fun in in the process of doing it. So, yeah, I think that I think it's been a really good learn. And I think if you know, if you are thinking of starting a podcast, and you are unsure to find someone in your industry or with a similar interest to you it's uh it's you know I would say that's great I would yeah absolutely
0: great and there have been plenty of occasions where I've felt underprepared to do the show or something like that but we just having a chat beforehand and bouncing ideas off each other it, it gets you back in the mood very quickly so you know it's great that accountability buddy thing it definitely it, does yeah and it it's definitely given us lots of more momentum I I couldn't imagine anything worse actually than being in a sort of recording booth on my own speaking to a brick wall <laughs> i yeah. just don't know how people do it actually i suppose I think- if you
1: yeah suppose if you do it on your own and, and you you interview guests every week then i think yeah. or that's every time you do it i think that's fine but i think i yes, i take my hat off to people that monologue
0: <laughs> yeah that can just ad lib and make it interesting and, and not go crazy in the process
1: <laughs> i know i know um, so I yeah my I suppose one of the biggest learns for me it's really quite a personal one actually uh, in terms of communicating generally for me I find that the best way for me to articulate my thoughts is is through writing words um, and I think that's why I love my job so much you know if, if I'm feeling down or I'm feeling happy or you know I, I want to know what's going on in my head uh, I do. Write it down. I always will write it down, and that for me gives me clarity. So, actually, talking on a podcast hasn't been that easy for me. You know, I am people meet me socially. I'm chatty. I talk really fast, but I, I have a bit of a stammer, and I repeat my words. I know I do that. My children tell me that. But when I was re- young, I was you know really into acting, and I was actually much more outgoing and carefree, <laughs> and I did a lot of drama. Uh, but there's one incident, little story for you here, that absolutely not my confidence. And it, it's so, it's really stuck with me, unfortunately. And I was on a drama tour with my school. Um, I was in sixth form. We were really lucky. We we went to the east coast of America with this and we were performing a musical. Uh, that's quite a well-known musical called Oh, What a Lovely War. Um, I am not a singer. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. I'm not a singer, but I did have quite a reasonable... Various speaking parts, we had various parts, but my yeah. my biggest part was um, Emmeline Pankhurst.
0: Ooh, leading role. Leading
1: yes, role. and I had
0: to, talking of
1: soapboxes, I did have to stand on a soapbox and do a really long monologue. Bear with me on this story. It was a, this is a really long, it was a really long monologue. So we were told, we got to this school in Boston and we were told that this, this performance had to be, it was kind of like the... You know, the gala performance, it was uh, really important. I actually can't remember why it was really important, whether there were important people there or something. Um, and we were kind of told this has got to be the best performance. We're going to record it, la, 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 So, of course, that's loads of pressure. You know, we were 17-year-old kids. Um, and we're told this has got to be really good. So I'm in my Emmeline Pankhurst outfit, um, standing on my soapbox. Picture the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Looking great. Um, but I had a complete block I couldn't remember I literally could not remember any of my lines I couldn't remember where I was and because we were on tour and not actually in school and there was minimal people there there wasn't a prompt I mean crazy I don't know why one of the teachers couldn't have done it anyway there wasn't a prompt in the wings and I just stood there and I froze and I couldn't remember anything and so I had because I was on a soapbox I had a whole Bunch of people looking at me, oh you know, gosh,
0: rabbit in the headlights. Cindy. Yeah,
1: so they were Big they time. were the the crowd, and they just, literally just stared at me, and I was just mortified. And in the end, actually, uh, one of my mates, <laughs> you know, because they'd obviously heard the monologue so many times, they probably knew it better than I did. and They did actually prompt me eventually, and it was just honestly, it was horrendous. I was mortified, and I just felt like I had let everyone down. And I think the other thing was is that nobody came up and said, "Look, Minnie, just don't worry." It was kind of like I was sort of ignored and it was kind of like it was I felt I felt oh. I just ruined it. And so having been really sort of outgoing before this, I felt this awful doom. You know, we finished the tour, but, you know, I never acted again. I never I never did it again, ever. Oh, and then oh, it's honestly it's awful. And then uh, <laughs> when I started in corporate life and I had to do presentations. And I actually got to quite a senior position and I had to stand up in front of hundreds of people. But I was really grateful because I had cue, So I couldn't, you know, I, you know, thank God, thank God that they invested in cue. And I think if I, you know, I don't know if I'd have been able to do it otherwise. You know, when we they'd given us loads of presentation training, which I didn't really enjoy. And I think I always felt in the back of my mind that, you know, I'd let everyone down because I had before. So, yeah. So I think a bit of a long story, but I just felt I'd gone from this being this carefree extrovert to a sort of introverted extrovert who didn't really
0: trust myself, I guess. He's, oh, I know. Sort of self. Oh, my God, Minnie, I had no idea. And that's the thing, you know, we, we we get to know each other all the time. I didn't know that story about Minnie. Um, we We've been working for a couple of years before we actually met. I think, and now, yeah. and now, even now, even today, I'm uncovering new learnings, and that that's a lovely thing. I that story is so powerful because seventeen is such a vulnerable age and such a pivotal age in someone's life where if something happens, even if it's, it can have such a major impact. And look how that has affected you for you know for years beyond that. I mean, you've got over it, and hopefully, the podcast. Having a podcast is helping you get over it. But you know, something I feel like I had a fear of public speaking when I was younger too. Um, and it's perhaps because I'm the blushing type and at school I used to get embarrassed easily. Things could trigger me so easily, and I go bright red. And then as soon as I was aware you know as soon as I was aware that other people in the room could see that it's a very physical thing when your face turns red um yeah. that would obviously make it even worse and I'd kind of be imploding inside you know I'd be dying um unfortunately I noticed my young daughters have got that same blushing thing now and that kills them as well but I remember at 17 I walked out of my first ever uh presentation in class it was in a business studies class and we had to do a powerpoint you know um, but I walked out in floods of tears after I'd just had a meltdown. And, you know, it was a combination of stage fright and catastrophic embarrassment, really. And the tears were awful because I always had this thing about I didn't want to be seen to cry at school. I wasn't a crier. I wasn't one of those girls. you know. <laughs> so the fact that I just had a complete meltdown in class was just terrible. They just stay with you. They stay with you, though. Yeah, I had to get over it relatively quickly. It was my first job in um, after graduating in London in PR. There was lots of pitches. We had to pitch for new clients, so there was lots of presentations. And you know, slowly, slowly, I had to get used to them. And I view it now like a bit like karaoke. That first song when you get on stage, you know, in a pub or in a bar or whatever. I need a bit of Dutch courage and you know? I need a few drinks before I'm going to need lots of egging on from my friends before I'm going to get up and sing in front of the people. But after I've done the first song and I've realized, Oh, actually it was quite fun. And I'm probably a bit giddy by that point, but you know, then there's no stopping me and I'll be on stage for the rest of the night. And I, I, I view presentations a little bit in the same way, you know, it's, it's practice um, and public speaking is practice uh, but the beauty of podcasting is it's it's practiced in a in a safe environment, I think.
1: Yeah, and actually what I think is brilliant is that you can edit stuff out. Yes. Yeah. So before we go public, you know, if we say something really stupid or too many ums <laughs> or I stutter <laughs> or you know, someone yeah. walks in, you can just edit it out. And I think that's that's actually so I suppose the learners is is facing fears overcoming it and thank god for technology that you can edit
0: yeah <laughs> You can now we try not to because editing takes time doesn't it and we neither of us could be bothered with it but at the same time that's just knowing that safety net is there for you that can catch you and that you know is is enough I think it's enough to to get over any fears you know Definitely. And we would so
1: we would really encourage you if you have got something to say to think about perhaps starting a podcast because
0: yeah.
1: we've well, loved if... it, haven't we? And we're going to keep yeah. going.
0: And honestly, if we can do it and we're not particularly techie. I mean, we've learned how to be a bit more techie, but we weren't when we started. No. But if we can do it, then then I'd say anybody can do it.
1: Definitely. So if you think you have a podcast in you. We've got some news, drum roll. <laughs> we are running yes a free challenge in September and to help you focus on what you might podcast about, so yeah. who your target audience might be, and to plan out your first episodes. And then you will have the opportunity to join our podcasting course for beginners, which we're busy, bees, putting together. And so if you'd like to go on the waiting list and be one of the first to get all the details... In the show notes, we've got a link
0: where you can sign up and, and go on a waiting list. Yeah, um, and we'll announce more information about it in due course. But, you know, as we learned, we learned how to do it in 28 days. I think it was probably a couple of months perhaps before we got into it in, in yeah. entirety, but we'd certainly nailed our concept pretty soon. We and, did. Um, learn those basic tech things that we needed to learn. So it's totally possible. So we want to we want to offer you what was offered to us that year ago um, and give you the chance uh, to start your own podcast. So, yeah, link in the show notes, get on the list and we will make further announcements in due course. Fab. So as ever, please get in touch
1: if you um, have any questions and please rate and review our podcast.
0: And we'll see you next time. Thank you and see you next time. You have been listening to the Cracking Copy podcast with Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride. Don't miss out on future episodes by making sure you hit subscribe down below to keep up with all our podcasts. And more details and resources are in our show notes. So we'll see you next time.